everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovi, and welcome to 2022. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. Hope you guys had a very safe and happy New Year's. And this is the start of a new year, and more importantly, the start of a new era here on That Wrestling Show. A brand new... uh, podcast site podcasts.com is where you guys can find us now we're still on itunes and spotify and iHeartRadio, among other places um also got a brand new logo really like the logo thank you to mike irizari jr who helps out with my logos and so many other wonderful people out there check him out uh for the really cool work that he does this week on the show, going to talk about WWE Day 1. Going to also talk about Wrestle Kingdom and the NXT releases that came this week. Some surprising names ended up getting future endeavored. Going to start off with uh, COVID news and how it's affecting the world of professional wrestling. Obviously, the big news from the end of last week was Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID. He did not compete at the day one pay-per-view this past Saturday night, and it was found out an hour before the kickoff show began, so they had to change the entire card. Well, not the entire card, but they had to change the main event, and I will talk about that when I get to my review a little bit later on uh, with WWE Day 1. AEW Dynamite, uh, or pardon me, AEW, pardon me, um, they announced on their Twitter that one of the matches that they were going to have for Saturday night's Battle of the Belts special it had to be changed because somebody either has COVID or came within somebody with COVID. We do not know who it is at the time of this recording. However, on Rampage tonight, they will discuss it and they will talk about the changes to the card for Saturday night. And announced this afternoon, the current Knockouts Tag Team Champions, the Inspiration, Jessica McKay and Cassie Lee, are... Well, they don't have COVID, but they were in close contact with someone who did have it or who did test positive for COVID. So they are self-isolating themselves and therefore they will not be competing on the pay-per-view, which is tomorrow night. And this is a pretty stacked card uh, looking at it. They added... A kickoff match or a pre-show match for the pay-per-view tomorrow night and it's a very good looking four-way match Jake something Chris Bay Ace Austin and Laredo Kid that's going to be kind of your pre-show match before the pay-per-view and then the pay-per-view itself looks really good Trey Miguel defending the X Division title against Steve Macklin Jonathan Gresham to defend the Ring of Honor world title against Chris Sabin. An eight-man, or pardon me, a ten-man hardcore war match as the Good Brothers and Violent by Design 
will face Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Heath, Rhino, and Eddie Edwards. The first ever Knockouts Ultimate X match for the Digital Media Championship. Jordan Grace, the champion, defending against Lady Frost, Tasha Steeles, Alicia Edwards, who is replacing Rachel Ellering, Chelsea Green, and Rosemary. Josh Alexander will face Jonah. Mickey James will defend the Knockouts title against Deanna Perrazzo in a Texas Death Match. And the main event, a triple threat match for the Impact World title, Moose, to defend the title against W. Morrissey and Matt Cardona. And that is the card for Hard to Kill, which is this Saturday night. The NWA made some big news this week as far as their TV shows go, or their weekly programs, I guess would be the best way to put it. Because they announced this week that NWA Power is coming back to YouTube. Albeit a few days after its first airing. Uh, NWA Power will be put up on YouTube every Friday night. The first chance you get to see of NWA Power will continue to be on Tuesday nights on Fight.TV. And then they also announced that a new show starting this Saturday called NWA USA will debut on both Fight TV and YouTube, and that show is absolutely free. Now, today they made an announcement of a very good deal on their all-access pass, and I'm going to read the details of this. So they have three deals. The monthly pass is $5 a month. The annual pass is only $50. That's a real good deal for 12 months. $50. That's a real good deal. It includes two free months and all pay-per-view events. I will talk about the pay-per-views in a moment. And the pay-per-view events, if you just want to get the pay-per-views and don't want to get the pass, is only $25. That's a real good deal, too. So NWA Power, like I said, the first run will continue to be Tuesday nights at 6.05 on Fight TV. And then it will be available on YouTube Fridays at 6.05 p.m. NWA USA uh, will be available Starting Saturday mornings at 12.05 a.m., it'll be available on NWA and YouTube and Fight TV. Uh, and then and then it's going to be available on the all-access pass starting on Sundays at 6.05. Now, the monthly specials are exclusively on NWA all-access pass. The date of each month will be determined. Never, it will never be available on YouTube. And then their pay-per-view events will be live, standalone pay-per-view events or on the annual NWA All-Access Pass. It'll never be available on YouTube. And they are bumping up the number of pay-per-views they are going to do. I believe last year they had done four pay-per-views last year. Uh, this year they are bumping it up to six. So, in a way, you're going to be getting one, on average, one once every other month. Which, 
And again, you know, if, if you decide to get it for the pay-per-view price, which was $25, that's a good deal. If you get it on the annual pass, which is $50, that's an even better deal. I think that's a great deal right there. Um, and NWA, you know, they've been making some moves here and there as of late. They recently announced that they are starting this week on NWA USA the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Title Tournament. The brackets are up uh, on many places, social media, wherever you want to look at it. Um, but that'll be pretty cool to see. So NWA making some interesting news starting off the year. Speaking of interesting news, NXT was unfortunately on the wrong side of the interesting news this week as they let go some backstage individuals, some backstage talent. Uh, the biggest name obviously coming from this is William Regal. He was the biggest name there. He has released uh, other individuals, Ace Steel, Ranjan Singh, Ryan Katz, Scott Armstrong, The Road Dog was released, Samoa Joe was released, and then as far as talent goes, uh, Danny Burch, Timothy Thatcher, and Hachaman were also released, but want to get back to William Regal being released. That is the big surprise. That one, I don't think anybody saw. Oh, but I also forgot to mention Allison Danger was also released from her position at NXT. But with William Regal being released, that came out of, out of nowhere. That was a huge surprise. He had been with the company, either in front of the camera or behind the scenes, for over 20 years. So he's one of the longest tenured individuals in the company. When Dusty passed away in 2015, William Regal took a big step and he kind of filled the position that Dusty was in. He was the senior mentor. He was the guy that the younger talent went to. They would listen to him, you know, trying to get advice here and there. And my first thought was not like, oh my God, he's going to go to AEW. Because that really wasn't my thought. My initial thought was maybe Regal might take a break. He might take a little break. And then maybe what he could do is start up a wrestling school. I mean, my gosh, this man has years of experience, so much knowledge. And I think he has a lot of capabilities, a lot of time to give, you know, the knowledge that he has of professional wrestling to the younger, you know, the young talent, the people that want to become wrestlers. I mean, this guy just has a mind for professional wrestling. And... You know, he's one of those guys that, that honestly, I, why wouldn't you want to pick 
the mind of a guy like William Eagle. Why would you not want to take that opportunity? I mean, I would be like if I was if I was ten years younger. So that would make me what twenty six. Okay, so that would make me twenty six. If I was twenty six, and I was inspiring to be a wrestler. William Regal would be the guy I'd want to go to. This would be the guy that I would want to train me. He has knowledge of pro wrestling. He has the experience. He knows what to do in and out of the ring. He's a very smart man. And I hope, you know, if he decides to do it, that he des- you know, that he does open up a wrestling school. If he doesn't, I'm okay with it. But I think he just has so much you know, knowledge and so much experience that why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Why wouldn't you want to learn from a guy who wrestled in WCW, wrestled in Japan, wrestled in Europe, wrestled for the WWE, basically wrestled probably all the continents in the world. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what he does. I, I, I think he's just... My thinking is right now he might take a rest, might take some time off. Samoa Joe. Could he be someone that goes to AEW? Could he go back to Impact? He had a real good run in Impact. And he might be thinking that he still has, you know, a few years left to give. I mean, there's that possibility. There, There's a lot of possibilities right now uh, for the people that did work behind the scenes that are no longer working behind the scenes. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens the next several months. I honestly do not know what the situation is as far as are they a 30-day? Are they a 90-day? They might not even have that condition in their contracts. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, also, on the Future Endeavored side, uh, Impact Wrestling, Matt Stryker announced that he is no longer with Impact Wrestling, which is a little bit of, of a surprise. But, to be honest, I didn't think he was that good in impact i mean he's been good in other places but i feel like he kind of mailed it in if you know what i mean like he just kind of was just eh, it's impact i'll get through it so just have to wait and see what happens there um new japan they had their wrestle kingdom uh okada is the iwgp world heavyweight champion beating Shingo on night one and then Will Ospreay on the second night. Uh, the big story, however, coming from this is the injury to Kenta. Kenta, who was in a no-disqualification match on night two against Hiroshi Tanahashi and who was supposed to be a part of the special third night of New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah. He is now not going to compete. The report from New Japan is that Kenta suffered a dislocated left hip, a broken nose, tendon damage to his finger, 
and several lacer or severe lacerations to his back. Uh, Kenta was supposed to be in really one of the big matches uh, this weekend for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Noah show, but obviously with those injuries and the list of injuries, it's actually it's a list of injuries. He is now not going to compete this Saturday. Uh, hopefully, he will get better real, real soon. So, uh, Saturday night was WWE Day 1. And as I talked about earlier, the big story going into that was Roman Reigns had to pull out of the show because he tested positive for COVID. I can tell you that he is going to be back on SmackDown tonight. Um, he did the test did the quarantine? He is all right, thankfully. Um, remains to you know remains to be seen what will happen uh, with what really was the big angle going into it, him and Brock Lesnar. So, because of the change or because of that, Brock Lesnar was added to the WWE title match in what became a fatal five-way for the WWE Championship. And that is one of seven matches that I will be talking about right now as I go through WWE Day 1, the first premier live event. And I want to mention that real quick before I go any further. They did not call it a pay-per-view. It is a premier live event. I don't know if that's going to catch on. I really don't know if that's going to catch on or not. Honestly, I don't think it will because we've been so used to saying pay-per-view, pay-per-view, pay-per-view. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so the kickoff match, the pre-show match, was a tag team match. Sheamus and Ridge Holland against Cesaro and Ricochet. And boy, did this get very interesting because within the first two minutes of the match, Ridge Holland had his nose broken. Uh, what happened, uh, Cesaro tagged in Ricochet and Cesaro grabbed Ricochet's foot and Ricochet was doing a flip. And as he was doing the flip, it was either his knee or his calf landed right on Ridge Holland's face and after the pin you could see there's blood on the mat it is all over the place and Sheamus had to do the rest of the match by himself and I have to give him credit for it because you know you're two minutes into a match you're the first match of the first pay-per-view of the year and your tag partner, who's, you know, it's his paper, kind of a pay-per-view debut. He gets his nose broken two minutes into the match. So Sheamus goes the rest of the match alone, wins the match, uh, beats Shane, or beats his, uh, Ricochet, pardon me. He beats Ricochet with a bro kick, and he gets the win for the team, which is very interesting. Um... I'm not going to punish, or I did not punish this match for the the nose injury. It could have gone 
so many ways. I gave it a C minus. It actually was not a bad match. And what I'm going to say is going to surprise people, but there really wasn't a terrible match on the pay-per-view. And this is from someone who was dreading the idea of a New Year's Day pay-per-view. And I'm like, why am I doing this? But hey, it ended up being a good show. I'm not going to lie. I'll give my grain in a little bit. So the main show, we start off with the SmackDown tag title match, the Usos against the New Day. It was a good match. I mean, they've had the same match a thousand times, and it's always been a good match. Um, I'm just going to save you guys time on it, honestly. It was just a real good match, good back and forth. And the Usos win the match with their version of the 3D which they called the 1D, to get the win and retain the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I thought it was a good match. I was, I'll say this. The fans really helped the show. This crowd really helped the show. Um, I gave it a B. It was a good match, but I gave it a B. Then we go to Madcap Moss against Drew McIntyre. And I, I gotta say, for what it was, I was impressed with Madcap Moss. Am I saying that he's one of my new favorite wrestlers? No, I'm not saying that. But for the match that he had with a veteran like Drew McIntyre, Moss was good. I thought Moss was good. I was not disappointed in this match. Um, I think Moss was the one who who I underestimated as far as how they were going to, you know, how he was going to do in the ring, and ended up pulling out a pretty decent match. Um, Drew got the win with the Claymore, but again, I did not hate this match. Um, Moss looked decent. I'll be honest, he looked decent. So I, I gave the match a C-. If I had to make a pick for the worst match. It might be this one, but it's not because it was actually bad. It was like, if I had to choose one. But still, Moss looked good. I kind of enjoyed the match. Um, one benefit from Roman Reigns not being on the pay-per-view is we got done with Pat McAfee within the first hour of the show. Uh, we did not have to hear him the rest of the night. So, the remaining matches are Raw matches, which is kind of interesting because I think the way they might have had it set up was had the first two matches like they did, then all the Raw matches, and then Cole and McAfee would have come back for that main event. Raw tag title match, the Street Profits defending against RK-Bro, and RK-Bro comes out with Migos. Uh, apparently, they are the most popular band in the world. They're the most popular group in the world. Never heard of them. Um, decent match. I, I kind of enjoyed it, and I kind of enjoyed how the Street Profits in this situation were kind of the heels in this. Although they weren't playing the heel card that much, but still, it was a good job they did, and... Riddle just seems to be getting better and better 
in the in the pay-per-view situations every time I see him. A good match. Uh, Orton hits an RKO to end it. RK Bro retains the tag titles. I enjoyed the match. I didn't think it was a bad match. I, I gave it a C. Then we go to Edge versus Miz. And this was one where I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. There were times during the match where I'm kind of like, ooh, this is getting good. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not. And it's like, ooh, this is getting good. And oh, no, it's not. It was a weird kind of match because I really wanted to like it. There were some good spots in the match, but it just was kind of in the middle. And I, you know, I, I liked the parts where Maurice got involved and was like, oh, Maurice is going to help Miz win this match. And then Beth Phoenix comes out at the end and she's got like this. It's, it's like a mix of Bo Derek's hair from the movie 10 with a giant mohawk. That's the best way to describe her hair. Um, and then Edge comes with the spear. He wins the match. I gave it a C, and that's going to disappoint the people who voted in our poll for the pay-per-view. I'll, I'll save that for a little bit. Then we go to the Raw Women's title match. Liv Morgan against Becky Lynch. And, again, this crowd really was into this match. They were buying Liv as this underdog, and that's one of the things that I gotta give WWE credit for as of late, is how good they've developed Liv Morgan as this believable underdog as far as she can't win the big match. She can't do it. Now, do I buy the, oh, it's been my lifelong dream? No, I, I don't really buy that. But Liv is doing a good job. Becky's doing a very good job pulling off this whole story. And Liv looked good in some spots during this match. And there were a few times where I was watching it where she's going to win the title. They're going to put it on her. But uh, they didn't, obviously. Becky came back to win at the end. There was a part at the end where she was supposed to put her foot on the rope, but she was, I think, too far away from the rope to do that. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they go there. There is a triple threat match scheduled for Raw Monday night. Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and Dewdrop. The winner is going to get another shot, or going to get a title shot at Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. As far as this match, I gave it a C. It was another good match. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this match. Then we go to the main event. It is a fatal five-way for the WWE title. Big E defending against Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Brock Lesnar. And for the time that they were given, which I think was under 10 minutes. It was a really good match. This was a fun match to watch. And whatever story they had changed. And it was a good change. And it was early on. Brock was hitting his German suplexes. But then a lot of the guys were going after Brock. They were like, we know he's a big threat. 
We know he could win this match, and they're doing everything they can. Lashley spears Lesnar through, you know, the, the safety barrier, and Seth and KO, they're working together as a team, and it's looking really good. Everybody looked good in this match. For what it was, which was less than 10 minutes, this was a really good match, and I enjoyed it for basically being a last-minute change. Uh, Lesnar was able to get back. Uh, he hit a couple F5s, and then Lashley speared him and put him in the hurt lock, and it looked like Brock was going to lose. It looked like he was going to be beat, but Big E comes in, makes the save, Hits the big ending on Lashley. Tries to hit it on Lesnar. Lesnar gets out of it. Lesnar hits an F5. 1, 2, 3. Brock wins. Brock wins the WWE title again. And I'll be perfectly honest. I was not mad that Brock won. I, I, I have been, for years here, a critic of, you know, Brock winning the title and Brock holding it for a long time and all that. But here, in this situation, literally the 11th hour, the situation that they were put in, I didn't mind Brock winning. I really did not mind one bit Brock winning that match. Because what it does now and I was thinking about this after the paper or the premiere live event, pardon me. Is where does the road to WrestleMania now go? Because they obviously had something planned for Reigns and Lesnar. Because I really don't think Brock was gonna win that match against Reigns. I really don't think he was. So now you go into a new situation where Brock is the WWE champion and he does not necessarily have to be the WWE champion by the time WrestleMania gets there. He really does not. And I know there were some people who were like, oh, this makes me sick. They're shoving Brock down my throat, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I understand, you know, the, the frustration with that. But we got to also remember... We got put, and what I mean by we, I mean the fans got put into an 11th hour situation that we had no control over, that WWE had no control over, of our top star tested positive for COVID. What do we do? And I'm sure there are some that were like, should have left it the way it was. Should have left it, you know, however the match was supposed to be. Just leave it at that. And maybe they should have, but you want to get the attention of people. And the attention would be Brock winning the WWE title. And like I said, I really don't mind it because this might be a short reign. This really could be a short reign for Brock as WWE champion because he does not have to be the WWE champion at WrestleMania. He really does not. And in a weird way, 
And I know I'm saying this now on January the 7th, 2022. I have faith in WWE that they know where they're going with this. I'm laughing at myself for saying that. But in a way, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. So, remains to be seen what will happen there. As far as the match, I gave it a B. It's a solid B. Really like this match. Uh, as far as the pay-per-view goes, we put up, usually after the major shows, uh, what grade would you give the event? And our Facebook group was very positive about this show. The majority went with an A, some gave it a C, and some gave it a B. There was no negative grading, no D, no F, none of that. I'm going to be with the Bs. I, you know, it it was a very good show. It was an enjoyable show. Is it going to be remembered as one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time? No, it's definitely not. But for the situation that they were in, and all the bad things that could have happened, it ended up being a good show. I'm not going to lie. It ended up being a good show. Now, as far as the Facebook group goes, what was their favorite match from the show? I was kind of surprised with the outcome of this. The majority went with The Miz versus Edge. Wow. I look, I love our members. I do. I love their, you know, their thoughts, their opinions and, you know, I respect their thoughts and opinions. But they must have seen a completely different match than I did. That's all I'm going to say. Uh New Day and Usos got some votes, Morgan and Becky got some votes, and the Fatal 5-Way got some votes, and I'm actually going to give my vote to the Fatal 5-Way as my favorite match of the pay-per-view. It was a very enjoyable main event. Really fun. And we have a couple of comments I want to read uh, from that voting. Uh, Joey Furman wrote, For a card which had to be remade last hour, that was one of the best shows they've pulled off in years. You know what, Joey? You might be right. You might be right on that statement. Uh, and then Eddie Luckritz wrote, I've seen a lot of people say it's the worst pay-per-view they've ever done, which is hilarious because it wasn't a bad show at all. Thank you. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Eddie. You are both right. A thousand percent. This was not a bad show at all. This was a pretty good show. And kudos to WWE. We gotta give them kudos. They had a major crisis. Last minute, last hour. Had to change the main event. And the show ended up being good. It ended up being a good show. So... I gotta give WWE credit where it's due. And I know there are people that are gonna hate me saying, oh, you're giving WWE credit. Why would you do that? But 
when you gotta say the truth sometimes, you gotta say the truth. And this is the honest truth. They did a great job of handling a last minute, last hour situation. And they turned up a pretty good show. They really did. Uh, a few more pieces of news before I uh, wrap up the show for this week. Uh, the first participant for the Men's Royal Rumble match was announced, and it's Johnny Knoxville. Yep, Johnny Knoxville from Jackass was the first participant announced for the Men's Royal Rumble match. Kind of confused on that one. But we'll see where it goes in three weeks on January the 29th. Uh, Drew McIntyre is going to be out of action for a little bit during the day one pay-per-view. Um, he was attacked by Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, and they wrote him off with a neck injury. Apparently, he's been dealing with a neck injury for a while, so he's going to be out of the picture for, I don't know how long. Uh, hopefully, you know, it won't end up being major neck surgery, but you never know how it's how it's going to go with those kind of injuries. Speaking of injuries, uh, Wednesday night, Ray Phoenix took a horrendous injury in the AEW tag title match with uh, Jurassic Express. Uh, he took the choke slam and then his arm bent in a weird way. It was so freaky looking. Like, you had... Because at first, when you see when you see what happens, he, you know, he's pointing to the doctor, and then he's pointing to his arm. And it's like, okay, this can't be good. But when you see the replay, the way his arm bends is so bad I I freaked out I thought oh my god he's broken his arm I thought he had broken his arm well Ray Phoenix took to Twitter and I want to read this statement I want to thank each and every one of you for so much love for your prayers, good vibes, for your messages thank you very much for being concerned about me I feel very blessed to have all of you, fans, colleagues, wrestlers, my friends, and my family. Thank you very much. I love this sport so much that it has changed my life and mine that when I am in the ring or put on my mask, everything goes away. There are no fears. There are no problems. My heart beats perfectly. Everything is fine. I feel alive. What happened last night is one of the many risks that we wrestlers take before getting into a ring and doing what we love so much. There is no fault, it is wrestling, and these are the risks. Today I can tell you that I feel better and that thank God, your prayers and good vibes, there are no broken bones. You still have to visit the doctor a couple more times and do some studies, to have an exact diagnosis. Thank you very much once again to all and congratulations to the champions. Enjoy and defend those titles because very soon I am back and those championships belong to the Lucha Brothers. I respect. Thank you all. I love you. 
First off, thankfully, it is not broken. The way he fell and the way that arm bent, I thought it was broken. It was so terrifying. But thank, you know, thank God that he did not have a broken arm. It could have been dislocated. I don't know. But it was, mm, it was just a crazy spot. You know, it was a freak accident. That's really what it was. It was just a freak accident. And thankfully, you know, like I said, knock on wood, no broken bones. That's the key. No broken bones. So Ray Phoenix will hopefully heal up and we'll see him again real soon in the ring. That will do it for this, the first show of the new year. So, uh, get into the plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at wrestlingshow11. Follow the show on Instagram at thatwrestlingshow. And join the Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Fan Group, where I encourage you all to join in to discuss everything going on in the world of professional wrestling. Now to podcasts you guys should check out, starting with our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. This week on the Jump segment, they discuss Chris Jericho's jump from WCW to the WWF. Plus, week two of the Royal Rankings of the best Royal Rumble matches and a review of Superstars from August 6th, 1994. Hey, that happens to be my mom's birthday. So, uh, check that one out. And I got a little, uh, tidbit. I got a little rumor for you guys. If you sign up right now, right now, for their Patreon, their review of SummerSlam 94 is coming out this weekend. And you only do it for five bucks. Five dollars. So check it out our vantage point also check out greetings from allentown peter winston and keithy they get together for gfa live they watched an episode of wwf superstars from january 11th 1992 and they get through one of the funniest things of listening to a hulk hogan promo at two times the speed on youtube it is absolutely hilarious you want to check them out Greetings from Allentown. Uh, f- and also, the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. How can I forget my old pal from the UK, Luke Jennings? He watches Memphis Wrestling. It is the number one Memphis wrestling podcast and maybe the only Memphis wrestling podcast in the UK. Check it out, the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. If you're looking for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out the Castle Vault. Uh, This week, they watch and discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is a good movie. I've seen that movie. I enjoyed it. So go check it out, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Also, check out Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, where this week they sit down for part one of an interview with Doug Haverty, the art director at Scotty Brothers Records, who helped do so much of Weird Al's 
album covers, music videos, and so much more. That is this week on Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Uh, also check out Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. Where, uh, we discussed the Royal Rumble match. Uh, we had a new one come up on New Year's weekend. Myself, Jim Boy Star, and our guest, Pluggo, from the Between Two Beards podcast. We discussed the Tag Team Royal Rumble match from the June 15th, 1998 episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, It's an interesting episode, I will say that. Check it out anyway on Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. And check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and review each and every South Park episode. This week, I hit the halfway point of season 14 as I review Crippled Summer. That is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. All right, next week, going to be back with some wrestling news. Going to be getting a little bit closer to the Royal Rumble. It is three weeks away on January the 29th. It is a premiere live event. I know, it's going to take a while, I think, for me to get used to that, although I'm probably going to still call it a pay-per-view, even until I'm an old man. So on that note, everybody have a good, safe weekend. Uh, I know here we've been hit with some snow this week, so I'm going to try to stay as warm as possible. Um, Have fun doing whatever it is you do, and come back here next week for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, thank you for being a friend.